man every time it starts off with this black screen even though that's not exactly what people are seeing so um it's happening cody now my shit is frozen it's happening again we were literally just talking for five minutes crystal clear this hat i don't know i've i got nothing i got nothing at this point the show sucks cody we cancel it (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we're we're, we're out of here dude i don't know what this is what is the deal here this is two this is two shows in a row and it's clearly only when we go live by the way yeah and it's only you me and me and pat are fine I'm on a cell connection and I'm doing better than you uh, on my iPad. I don't know what's going on there. Well, that doesn't even make none of this makes sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? Why people don't understand the value of heavy days. (laughs) Oh, oh, whoa, curveball. What? Jumped in. That is called the segue uh, since we have shitty internet. Dude, we don't have good internet. I've been on calls all day for the past few days and now this. It's StreamYard. That's what I've determined. It's StreamYard. It's got to be StreamYard. Um, anyway, back for breaking down the level two. Pat Barber here, world-class coach, world-class dad, uh, world-class volleyball player also, apparently. Uh, um, that, that is that is That last one was not true, uh, and the other two are larger than life, but I do appreciate the, the – the final one is definitely not true. The other two are decent, though. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take those accolades. Could you beat Tom Cruise while both of you wearing jeans? Yes, I would beat Tom Cruise. That is one hundred percent true. Then that, then that, in fact, makes you world class. So, um, (laughs) yeah. Um, But yeah, so today the topic is heavy days, uh, and we can riff on many other things like why the fuck my video won't work. But um, I'll I'll try not to be as angry about it as uh you want to just stop your camera that way we don't have to look at frozen i mean maybe i don't let's just look at just stop it and just see if that yeah this at least this little circle lights up the way it's supposed to when i talk like that works it looks like you got it (laughs) but this is my this is my emoji just a little circle head um but yeah so we're gonna dive into the uh to the heavy days portion of the level two um So I, we could talk about this in a lot over the years. I mean, the, the delivery of it at the level two has changed a lot. Like so where it's you, at, so like, yeah, you could probably speak to that better than I could. So you've been working level twos significantly longer than I have. I think I've only been working level twos for, I don't know, call it five or six years. I have no idea actually, but you have been doing it much longer. So can you speak to that? Like what have been some of the, the changes in, in that setting specifically? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it never was, uh, I mean, initially it wasn't part of the level two. Like it didn't exist as its own specific section. It, it, it came into existence, I think, due to the, the uh, due to necessity more than anything else. And now it gets its own little special place and is spoken about a little differently. The content's exactly the same. It's no, no different when we're talking about like the, the programming content for CrossFit is is pretty much never changed since the beginning, since Greg wrote it and he talked about it. Um, but the the actual chunk at the level two didn't exist as like a, this is a heavy day section um, for a while. And then it kind of made its way in there because we just didn't see enough people understanding how to approach heavy days. Um, right. The So on that note, like I think it's worth noting like very little uh, between both the level one and level two has changed over the past 15 years. Like I can think oh, like yeah. the nutrition, the nutrition lecture has changed. No, I wouldn't even say significantly, uh, but it's changed probably three or four times. 
mm-hmm. the pull-up breakout has changed. The mm-hmm. thruster breakout has changed. Snatch has changed a little. Snatch has changed a little bit. Not, but I would even say not so much from like what we teach, just like how it's executed. Right. Right. Um, yeah. The actual core content hasn't changed. I mean, hasn't changed. I, like you said, the the nutrition has changed a little uh, in terms of where the focus is put, but the actual core content's pretty much the same. Um. um so the um, what's your experience when taking people through the heavy day portion in the level two environment specifically, right? So we'll start there and then we can reverse engineer this back to like tr- do executing this in the affiliate and different ways to do it. Um, yeah. But w- what's your experience with taking people through that in level two? Well, well, I, I think I think it's actually changed over the years when it, when we first in like input the level the, the the heavy days, it was because people didn't understand like who were coming in from generalized fitness and not strength and conditioning, they didn't understand how to do a heavy day. They didn't understand how to get to a percentage and stay there. It was like heavy days made their way in, in the old dot-com days. I don't even know if, do you remember this Fern where it was like, when you saw heavy days, it was like, it was almost like a rest day. It was like, cool. Right. It's there. It's like you, you, you do right. like you use the working sets to build up to the final rep. And so like that was because we weren't given tons of guidance and not everyone came from strength and conditioning. So it was kind of foreign, the idea of, you know, up to 80% or at 80% or more of a one rep max for all of the sets, uh, depending on what type of rep scheme that you're doing. So the, the overall stimulus on the day while still being really heavy, especially in the time period, like we had to coach people in to understanding how to get volume on a heavy day via getting the right loading and warmups ahead of time. Um, So it was like, they weren't doing enough heavy. Uh, And then over the years, it's changed into like, Hey guys, (laughs) you don't need to do heavy every day. In fact, like this is how you approach a heavy day. And this is how we, you do an only heavy day. And then we give an example of that and whatnot. So it's kind of changed from like, people didn't know how to do it to people did it way too much to now people are doing a half and half. So it's been this like weird world of needing to clarify where it sits and how to do it, but in different places over the years. Well, it's one of those weird things where if you look at it, it's like statistically impressive that we could keep continue to get it wrong as a community, which is like, you don't do it <laughs> enough. You do it way too much. And now you're doing it really poorly. And it's just like, can we just do it right? <laughs> which is like, well, <laughs> yes, yes. But I, I, the, each one of these iterations, I totally understand why that was the case. You know, like each, each one makes sense. And you kind of have to turn the mirror back on ourselves and be like, is there something we're displaying incorrectly? You know, like is like if this has happened three different ways incorrectly, maybe right. it's maybe it's our communication. So I, I cross has always done those pivots and tried to change to see if maybe there's a more effective way to communicate it. Um, yeah, but I, well, I on that, I mean, like, do, where do you where do you, where do you see do you see somewhere where we could communicate it better? Well, I think I think where it can be communicated is by the the figureheads of our sport. Uh, and the people who have a platform. And I think that's one of the problems is that um, oftentimes when it comes to programming, who we look to are the people who are not necessarily the coaches, but the people who are in front of the camera. Um, And then we go, what do they do? They must know what they're talking about. Uh, And for a long time, there there wasn't much, this is how you do it from a high level coach who's got some fame and blah, 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 blah. And then they put that out there forward. Um, so I, I think that's part of the, the, the strangeness is that 
we're taking our messaging from a, a different source than we necessarily sh should have throughout the time. Um, Which then, is interesting because like of all the kind of, I would, I would argue that of all the modalities that we toy with inside of the CrossFit ecosystem, just basic strength building is the one that has the most uh, data, um, yeah. practical application. It's just like everybody just just sort of reinvent the wheel. And I do think that I, I do agree with your assessment that like some of the industry leaders and it's because of the sport, right? Like they're training yeah. for something very different. So like the strength training looks very different. But then if you lay, if you overlay that on top of a normal person who's not exercising fast for their living, then it becomes a little bit problematic. And I think that's probably the issue. Yeah, that's definitely a communication issue for sure. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of subtlety within all of that. And there's many different, I mean, there's so much that goes into strength. And it, in, well, in we don't do subtleties, Pat. We don't like contextual <laughs> answers. We just like to make just blanket absolute statements uh, that are just completely black and white because that's the way Perfect. the world works. That's um, how the way the world works. Chocolate yeah. and vanilla, that's all we got. <laughs> right. Um, so, so, so there's, there's two components to this, right? So you have the, you have the, the actual execution of a training day and what the benefit of is to the athlete. And then you have the coach aspect of it, which is how do I facilitate this correctly? Meaning, and what let's, we should actually define correctly. We should define, I guess we could define correctly as like executing a training session that would optimize the benefit for the athlete. In the moment or overall? Uh, well, I would, pro well, probably not in the moment because just the nature of lifting heavy is damaging, but like overall, right? So the, the outcome of, of a, of a heavy lifting session is going to be fatigue, muscle damage, and essentially what would result in a, a degradation in output of force. But then that would immediately be rectified by the repair of said muscles and all of that kind of stuff to create a stronger person or more reps or whatever at the end of the day. Right. But I think there's a certain kind of volume there, both in overall load and reps in order that, that's necessary in order to do that. And the, 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 tr the tricky part about that is that's a sliding scale. It's different for everybody. Totally. And I think, I think that that's one of the, the places that makes it difficult to have like, well, I think the two places that make it really difficult to have a, like, this is how it's done sort of answer is that right. there is a lot of variation into into this is how it could be done. Uh, and any given single day doesn't really define a great program. It's more it's more the longevity of the program and how it all works together. So oftentimes when people speak about, you know, whether it be I mean, the things in our community are strength only days or strength and Metcon days or blah, blah, blah. They speak about them as like individual days. And it's like individually you can make an argument for, for everything to be in our program. Uh, it's, it's, it's on the whole and the long-term goal that we're going for. So like that communication makes it hard for us to have really clear answers on things at times. And I think that's part of the messaging issues that we have. And then the other thing is I think people are training for different goals. I think a lot of the time people don't uh, identify exactly what they're trying to do. So within the context of our conversation, I'm assuming that you and I are both talking about for improving someone's fitness, fitness as being work capacity across broad time, middle domains, not just for improving one's strength, you strength. know, like, yep. so, so 
oftentimes contextually too, when we have conversations, we're speaking to somebody who's a specialist and they're saying your program sucks. And we're saying with regards to what <laughs> they're saying with regards to my shit. And you're like, okay, well your shit is part of our shit, but yeah, it's we not weren't doing your shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think, we're doing something think, else. Exactly. So I think it's, it's hard to have those conversations and um, they're very worth having, but I think the, the less inflammatory you can be, the, the more stuff happens within them and the more definitions you can put out ahead of time for what you're trying to accomplish, make them that much more meaningful. Well, yeah. And it's just, it's fair to use to, for, to that point exactly, which is using the CrossFit's definition of strength with this, which is the productive application of force is like, it's, it's not contractile potential. It's not any of this. It's like, what can you do with said muscular contraction, whatever that might be? Um, yeah, what is, that's what is the actual outcome? Too, but that's that's an interesting one too, because even in our own level one, we define strength both ways. So we have we have the definition of strength being the productive application of force. We say, hey, this is our definition. But in the ten general physical skills, when we list strength as one of those physiological adaptations, we're actually referencing contractile potential. So right. we're using the classic classic definition of strength, which carries validity. I mean, potential is important because you have to have the potential in order to actuate that potential. But we then latch on to the productive application in an effort to deliver technique as a viable uh, means of improvement. So it's 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 a that even makes it more confusing because someone who reads the level one is going to like see both sides and be like, ah, shit, I see that one there. Wait, which one are you talking about with this? And then they see this one over here. This is how you define it. And it's like, yes, but that one's also important. What are we talking about right now? You know, like, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think I don't think one invalidates the other right meaning no, so like the traditional the traditional which is contractile potential is in fact a valid definition but i would argue it, it is an also in fact incomplete right so like if you just have contractile potential then it's just like that's like saying we'll have the potential to uh make a lot of money however i am still broke right which is kind of like <laughs> yeah. all right well, yeah. okay cool well that doesn't which is different than okay yes your contractile potential is in fact a variable but at the end of the day if we're talking about practical application of any training program then we have to be like what can you do with said potential which is like yeah. i remember one time i was working at level one and i mike g was the flow and some like how weird they were something there was a i will i won't cut an argument there was a conversation that ensued in one of the lectures and the guy was like i have the potential to lift to lift 600 pounds and mike g was like well can you lift 600 pounds and he's like well no and he's like well then who cares <laughs> like, yeah it's like okay it's a pretty succinct answer um so when with regard to heavy days what what so what's your idea like it like forget definitions right but when you think of a training for heavy day right because obviously you've done a tremendous amount of programming over the years when you think about training or putting in a heavy day what is that what do you envision what does that look like if you could describe it and not necessarily define it uh for me a heavy day is a single focused day where you do one heavy lift it doesn't mean build up to a single one rep max and maybe threes it may be fives more often than not it's threes and fives Uh, a one rep max is more of a testing day but it's threes and fives or maybe even some slightly higher percentages like a a 20 rep back squat or something like that with a hefty hefty warm-up that gets your you know body juiced and going breathing hard things like that not a workout but a warm-up and then some really focused skill work on the heavy that you're doing and then a very dedicated, intense lifting session. That's my idea of a heavy day. And that takes a full hour or more. Like uh, anybody who's a true strength athlete who talks about doing 
single modality heavy day lifts, like they'll let you know, like a full true heavy day takes a long time to get through. Did Fern bounce? Is he in and out there, Cody? Yeah. I'm still here. He's here. I think he's probably trying to join from his phone, maybe. No, um, I'm just playing with shit. All right, so I'm just going to move over to my FaceTime because I feel like that's not frozen. That's no, not that's frozen. working. Look at that. All right, so we'll figure out we'll figure out what the fuck's wrong with my camera. But anyway, um, okay. So I, I always think that's important, right? So like, because I do think there's I do think there's room for a subjective discussion with regard to strength days. Meaning, sure. so like I was having a conversation with the coaching staff the other day, and I said, "Hey, when we we don't do it very often, but it does happen sometimes." Meaning, like we'll program a strength plus a metcon. So will we, right? I think right. there's tons of value in that. I think there's tons of value there, but I don't. I just don't think it should be all the time, and I think it it should be acknowledged that when you pair those two things together, it comes with a lack of coaching just due to timetables, right? Let's just. I don't think it's arguable. Um, and I told him, I said, hey, when we're when we write them in these formats, I want you guys to stop using the term one rep max because it's not, in fact, what we're doing. And I think it, and I think delineating between these two, meaning like because one rep max comes with the general assumption that we are going full tilt trying to to, to break the thing. And I think stars align, you know, right. it's that time of the month again. You're like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, let's go. Instead, I think we should just be like, yo, this is intended for as heavy as is for as heavy as possible in the given time domain, recognizing that in that allotted time, you will probably, you should probably get nowhere close to yeah. like a true, you know, one rep max capacity. And I think, and so I think that's where kind of like verbiage comes in. And I for think sure. delineating between those two. So that way, when I do use a one rep max, everybody knows what I mean. It also, I think there's a psychological component to that with regard to athletes, because if I, don't give an appropriate timeline inside of a training session to accomplish something the way I would like to be accomplished, but they think something is supposed to have something else is supposed to happen. I've now set them up for failure. Right. So if I'm like, Hey, one rep max 15 minutes and they're like, and then don't hit a one rep max because they only have the amount of time to go to like, I don't know, 80%. Now the athletes like I'm weaker and that's not in fact the case or very no. likely not yeah. the case. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like you, you, we could come around with terminology talking about like a like an on the fly max or like a ready state max or like a, something where it's like it's referencing being able to just like pop in. What can you hit relatively? It's not cold, but it's not it's not focused. It's it's different. It's like a unfocused max almost. Um, and I think there's value in that. That's more that's far more applicable to life, right? Like you know, <laughs> you're right. you're doing you're doing housework and you've got some sandbags you got to lift. You're not going to be like, give me like 45 minutes to warm up to this and like a couple of workup sets and let's do this. It's like, can I just pick this shit up? And I think that that's kind of more of what you're working when you do the two together like that. I'm under fatigue mm -hmm. from a, cause I just did a Metcon or psychologically I'm somewhere else. Cause I got to know I got to do a Metcon next. What am I able to hit? You know? And like, and I, I think, I think we definitely, there's, there's tons of value there. I don't, I don't, I'm not against that. It's just when it's done every day like that and you never give strength a serious look and with, and then as a coach, you go, that's, that's good. I'm doing well by my people for their lifetime or on the other well, side of it. Go ahead. Sorry. I, or on the other side of it where you're like, you, you're, you're never going truly heavy. You're never giving them the opportunity to be under load that way. 
Um, and then they're, they don't really know how to approach that, which I think is also a mistake and you need to go valuable there or add value there. Say it, Fern, you muted. Well, there's two things there. One of is you kind of talk about like doing it every day. And the reason like largely you could see a degradation in output there is because of no ability to recover, right? So if you think about just training right. in general, like if I'm if I'm going to to, and this is kind of the the article that uh, I sent over to Cody earlier, and that's kind of what he's talking about is like if I'm going to damage something, I don't know, like a muscle, um, then I need to have I need to give it the appropriate amount of time to recover, right? So like now the can you pull that card that article up real quick, Cody? Right? So like so this um this is like a super nerdy article, and you can drop the link to this in the in the um article and in, in the chat Cody too for people to read but it's talking about like the different types of fatigue so there's like obviously the central nervous system fatigue peripheral fatigue which is the muscular system and then um just like muscular damage right and depending on like the percentage of loading and then the volume largely has an impact on which one of those that we're talking about so if you're gonna if you're gonna do and then and then obviously the the type of lift right so compound versus um um like single uh, limb movement or something like that. Um, if, and if you're, so if you're going to do, let's use like a five by five back squat, for instance, if I'm going to do like five by five back squat, significant amount in, of both central nervous system fatigue and peripheral fatigue from that, at which point, like coming off of that a following day, I'm going to have some sort of degraded ability to, perform at a certain level mm -hmm. so it's not it's not that they're bad it's just like understanding the effects of certain types of training with regard to the following day's training now you could combat that with like putting something that is not super heavy load on it or is not which would be good programming in my opinion but i think that sometimes that is what needs to be taken into account which is like we can we can touch something that's heavy but we could also avoid a lot of the fatigue involved with that yeah. by looking at total volume yeah um so when you when you program heavy days like when you guys program for warm-up and workout like do you guys have some pretty standard rep schemes that you guys use i've i've seen to remember you guys use a lot of sevens and tens we we will occasionally do sevens and tens if we're doing stuff that warrants that but or if we're doing split stuff for some reason we like to do like sevens mm -hmm. and tens uh but like oftentimes it's threes and fives uh, and then even on our one rep max days, like when you look at the different three different scales, the the newest people don't do ones generally. They're doing threes just because it's right. like just it's just more time and attention for them. Their overall loading is going to be a lot lower relative to just because they're they're still kind of like Bambi legs in it. Um, right. So our, our general patterning is is one in every three or four days would be some sort of a, a focused strength lift or a strength Metcon day. Um, and so they, they filter their way in there pretty often. I mean, that being said, there's strength in everything else that we do. It's just, we're not over biasing it towards a barbell and, um, and yeah, it's also I, fair to acknowledge that like what you brought up there is not, um, not insignificant, meaning like strength. We typically think of strength as like barbell. Yeah. Right. The, the big three, you know, uh, squat press pull and then clean and jerk snatch right yeah and but there are other obviously strength days in there um but more often than not when we're referring to strength days inside of a 
a CrossFit box. We're referring to some of the, like those heavy barbell days. Yeah. Just generally speaking. Um, so when you're from a coaching, so we talked a little bit about that from a, from a training standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, how do you approach heavy days? Like what's your desired outcome to a class of 15 general population? What yeah. are you trying to achieve on a heavy day? Yeah, I'm achieving uh, all of those people going uh, to a place that is <laughs> physiologically exhausting via loading, not via cardiorespiratory endurance necessarily, uh, and staying there for whatever number of sets that I have. So I'm, I'm warming them up ahead of time and spending a bunch of time getting them ready. And then when I say go, they're pretty, pretty like right there on whatever they're lifting for all of the sets that we've, we've given them. Uh, mm -hmm. How I tend to fail on these days is not giving them enough warm up time to truly get to places that are uh, both psychologically and physiologically difficult. Um, and, or, or uh, actually I think that's the main way I fail is <laughs> like just okay. not, get, not getting them there soon enough. And uh, because I think more often than not, people will give I think given the opportunity, people don't get heavy enough more often than not. Like I, I know right. that there's, there's like the meathead dude who likes to go way too heavy, but more often than not with the, the clientele that I've dealt with in my life, it's like, they're just not there. They don't know how to get to a place that's like, wow, I don't, I don't know if I could do that again. I can still move safely, but I don't know if I can right. make it. Yeah. Right. I'm going to choose that as the weight that I start with, you know, like that's not, that's not easy to do. So coaching that psychology into the average human is, is hard. And I think that that's where I tend to fail is occasionally I won't be able to get them enough time under tension. So, so why do you think you fail there? I have my, I have my assumptions on why I think it, that, that is, um, people fail at doing that inside of the context of a class, but yeah. like where, where did, where would you say you, how would you, how would you, how do you fail there? Uh, I, I usually lose it in my front end timing. Like I, I too okay. much time, like rapport building and stuff and playing games and doing generalized warmups and whatnot. Um, and just not, it's, it's poor time management on my part more often than not. Right. Um, yeah, that's what I, that's what I was going to say. Like there's, um, there's either it's poor time management or it's just paired with something else where like the time is not allotted. So like I typically would, would like to see this is me personally as a coach i would like to see a minimum of 25 minutes mm -hmm. at working sets meaning like we've done all the warm-ups we've done oh, all yeah. the we've done all the general stuff and we're like yo everybody everybody's like primed ready to go we have done sets already and it's like you have 25 minutes to get these all these sets in whatever it might be five by five it might be you know uh four by seven you know, uh, seven by 10, like whatever it might be, but you have 25 minutes to 30 minutes to make that happen. I won't always get there, but more often than not that I will. And I think what I do when I do there is just like, I get to the barbell fast. I'm like, we do the general warm up, but then I'm like, a lot of the warm up we're going to be doing is like with that movement, working on, you know, maybe some tempo stuff, um, some pauses potentially just as warm up pieces as we work through. But like we, for, we forego the lengthy warm up, and it's just like, yeah, I want to get the hips, knees, ankles ready to go, get your heart rate up a little bit. And it's like, go get a barbell and we're going to do the remainder of this with a, with a series of different uh, kind of movement patterns with a barbell. 
yeah, but a series of jokes too far and you're 15 minutes over, you know, like, and right. I think that, exactly. That's, that's, that's what ends up happening to me. Um, I think also what can, can throw it off is if you're doing a heavy day and a complex movement, something like a snatch or a clean, uh, there needs to be sufficient time spent on mechanics and like that can, that can whittle away a lot more time than you would expect. Uh, because maybe presented to you is something that you weren't expecting in a 15 person class. And you're like, ah, Shiza, this is not going to work. Right. Out. So I think so that that's, I find, that, that, that's, do you that's find those to be focus. different? I find those to be different because I feel like the, typically the rep schemes and the loading is very different there. So like, I won't for need necessarily at, uh, yeah, for like the more complex movement, like a clean, uh, clean and jerk, not so much snatch for sure. Um, yeah. I think you can, I think you can spend 15 minutes under heavy load if you've done the pre prerequisite 15 to 20 warm up preloading and now we're at a full 35 right yeah. but i don't i don't need 25 minutes to get my five triples in because you're like you're typically not doing fives those like bigger sets in right. the olympic lifts yeah. um so I find that it's like a little bit different there, but I, you're still, I still agree with you. I just find that I mean, there's like a little bit of nuance there with it, which is because of the movements. Kind of though. Cause I think these days within CrossFit, we have complexes, which I've noticed have made it way, you know, like many other places too, where we'll have like a snatch complex, which takes a bit of time right. and you're under, 15, right. you know, where you're doing like, you know, pull to the top of the knee, pull to the standing. Okay. Snatch and then squat snatch. And that single rep took you a couple minutes and then building up to that. Right. And then like, and then, the, I don't know, there's, I I think even the conversation that we're having, you can see where people were like, we just need more exposure to these. And, right. and so you can see where the idea of like, hey, let's just have people do these close to every day, you know, made it into our community. It was never out of malice. It was never out of like, let's screw people when they walk in the door. It was like, it was like, like the, 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 these are complex or they're, or they're really good for us in the case of strength days. So let's do them. Every right. day. You know, it, it, it'll, it'd be an opportunity for us to get a little, little touches here and there. So I, I, I'm not, I, I don't hate what happened, but I do, under, I do, I do think it's a, a mischaracterization of how we should be treating these. Um, Cause they don't, for me, when I look at that, I, my argument against that is like, we're not looking to get these people strong tomorrow. And we're not looking to get them super fish right. next week. It's like, I want this 15 years down the road. They're continuing to slowly improve rather than like, yeah, I need them in six months to be pro snatchers. And it's like, no, <laughs> I don't need well, that well, at all. Then I have, then I have failed miserably because of 14 years <laughs> and I'm still not, I'm still not there. Um, the, well, I also think that there's, you can, you can get people there without without necessarily being heavy, right? Like we've really? all we've all seen it where just like there is like I I also think it's worth discussing that like there's just some shit that we don't know and understand as as smart as we all would like to think that we are with regard to like the black box theory, which is like many of the things that CrossFitters do, like we'll call it high level CrossFitters because they're kind of the experiments and the whole the experiments and the whole thing violate most protocols that we know with regard to training and getting strong oh, yeah. and getting fit and they're still getting fucking strong and fit and it's just like so oh, yeah. maybe we don't know as much as we do and maybe there is some things that that and i i tend to believe that that is due to the human being's ability to adapt like just the mechanism of adaptation Mm-hmm. And we had just never taken it that far. And all of a sudden we've seen what I consider to be a, an immense amount of adaptation with regard to general physical human performance in what's seen, which in the, 
in the time frames for the adaptations would typically be seen, we're talking about 15 years is like one second. You've seen a huge yeah. adaptation in like one second as far as human beings go, like mm -hmm. their ability to do things. And I think that is like really interesting because yeah. you wouldn't think that, that would be the case. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think it's understood within the like sports and exercise science world that like most, a lot of things that come about, are, it's not like a study's happening and then they're like, oh my gosh, this works. It's like, it's been working for 15 years and then they're study and they're like, this is why this works. You know, it's, it's very rarely, it's, it's very rarely on the, the flip side of that, you know? So th there's obviously stuff that we don't understand. And I think, I think one thing to look at too, when it comes to strength that I find, I find really fascinating is that like, there's, there's a perfect world and there's a perfect person and there's a perfect thing. And like, and in this context, this would be the best way to overload the system by this amount of poundage and the blah, 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 blah. And, but then that like takes it out of reality and it's more, oh, dude, it's more I was literally having this conversation today about something else. Yeah. But it's the same thing where it's like, it takes it out of the reality of like, but that's not how existence works. And that's not how humans work. And that's not how, you know, that's not the day they had leading up to it. And that's not, and, and there's there's also like it has to be doable. It has to be fun. Like you can have like you can have something that's like the most perfect program in the world. But if it sucks, nobody's going to do it. So like what's the context that you build around making something interesting and stimulating while still getting the most bang for your buck with what you're getting from that? And I think that that's that's the play. And I think that's where certain communities might might benefit from you know every day they're touching it a little and then other communities are like the way they work is like they just need to have a single day during the week where they come in and they smash it and like and there's right. there's variance there because there there's a reality to the people that we deal with it has to be tailored to be interesting and i think crossfit naturally does this like naturally right. in gyms we build so many intangibles around making it interesting to do because just going and lifting by yourself sucks unless you're really into that like for most people they're like i don't want to lift but you're like yeah do you want to hang out with your friends for a little while do you want to like right. you know what listen to some jams music and buy some cool knee sleeves and blah blah blah, blah. you know whatever it is like there's so many other things that make it fun yeah th that i agree with and i think people underplay the whole social aspect of the crossfit gyms um and i think it, i find it to be almost annoying at this point but not the point. The The other thing about that is the ultimate proving ground for like whatever somebody's stance is on something is, is on the floor, right? So like whether we're talking about lifting or whether we're talking about rep schemes or whatever, or we're talking about, we could talk gymnastics and these are the perfect positions. And I'm like, the most optimal, most efficient thing will naturally make its way to the competition floor because people want to win. So I'm like, if that is in fact the best way to do it, then everybody will be doing it because the outcome will lead everybody to getting to that position. And I think a lot of people, there's a, there's tends to be a disconnect of, with regard to here's what I think. And this is my hypothesis versus like, this is what's happening on the floor right now. And it's like, there's, there has to be like some sort of bridge, which is like, okay, I understand what you're saying there, but practically speaking, that's not really how it works. Right. Right. Like that's not, it's not sustainable. Like you said, it's not doable. Right. Like I get in a vacuum, like, yes, I should have this exact position all the time and I should never deviate. I'm like, but I, if I can't hold that position, do given the task, well, then it's not the most efficient means of, of accomplishing the task. Right. Um, right. And maybe I'm just fucking 
going off on a tangent there, but I, I, I agree with you in the sense that like, there's the, there's the text and there's what we know about training. And then there's what actually happens on the floor with people. And we have to be able to mesh the two. I have to be able yeah. to mesh what I know about like, which, what can and should happen theoretically with what's happening in front of me. And how do I, how do I get, how do I bridge that gap with the person that's literally real life in front of me right now? Totally. Totally. I mean, that's, that's everything. I mean, that's everything we do as coaches. Um, I don't know. I, I, something, what you said there, I, I took it incorrectly, but you were saying that the, the thing that works the best will win, but in the context of win at what, and, and so like you were referencing will be the thing that you end up using, but I was thinking like the style of training that works the best will be the people who win. And I'm like, well, what are they trying to do? Cause CrossFit sports different. <laughs> Correct. So the Correct. thing that, that, that everyone's going to be doing that the winners will be doing is, is a highly specialized version of it. So I, I, but, but I think what we can work it back to is what works in the gym to make, to win. Uh, and what does winning mean for an affiliate and a coach? And I think to me, that's what we have to have a conversation around is like, what does that mean? What, what well, are we Well, looking? I'll pose it to you. What does that mean to you? Yeah. I, I think that means having members for 10, 15, 20 years who continue to see relative improvement um, and want to be in that space. And they still enjoy coming back both on an emotional level and a physiological level. They're seeing successes. Ooh, Texas. I haven't seen that in a long time. I agree with you on that. hundred. So this is a, a kind of like, I'll always like simplify, uh, kind of like the definition of fitness and what's the goal, right? So if we think, and it's kind of like how I lead the programming lecture, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, what's CrossFit. What's the definition of fitness? Work capacity across broad time and model domains. What's the goal? Increase it. I was like, okay, cool. Now let's put that in layman's terms. Did they get stronger? Did they get faster? Did they develop skills that they previously did not have? Yeah. And if I can do that over a long enough time frame, that's what I consider to be winning. Meaning, like, if you come back in here in a year, they will all be better at the things. And if you come back in here in two years, they will all be better at the things without any sort of quantification, just better than they were before. Because if I, if I look at this on a long enough trajectory, year over year, I shouldn't, I don't really want to see these huge leaps. Right. Because yeah. that means I probably gave up something in order to make that happen. Yeah. And it's going to start to, it's going to start to, to peter out at some point too. Yeah. Meaning like I don't, I no longer have anywhere to go. Um, uh, from Philip Kelly, Pat, Miranda, and Wes. So, man, that was a while ago from Miranda. Dude, dude. Philip, uh, been a bit. <laughs> um, pull up some of those questions, Cody, that we had before. Uh, and thank you for the donation, Philip. Cody will now uh, get a small coffee. Um, how much time rest between sets do you recommend? On true working sets, at least three, four minutes. I mean, at least, yeah. I mean, honestly, true working sets, four minutes at least. But I, I think in the context of an affiliate, three minutes can happen at times because you're like, JK, guys, we're going to have three minutes. We're going to lift on that three-minute timer because I ran out of time by telling those jokes earlier. Um, and, but if you're if you're looking as like a true strength day, like four minutes. Yeah, I, th I also think context there, like where are we at in the sets, right? The lighter sets you might not need four. Once you get to the back end of those, you're like, fuck, you might want five. Like, I don't really want to touch that bar right now, like. I'm going to feel like I'm going to vomit and shit my pants. So I'm going <laughs> to take the extra 60 seconds. Well, follow, um, up, follow up to that is like, you know, resting for four minutes for a CrossFitter is like, it's a nightmare, right? Like, what am I going to do? with all this time? Yeah. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? So how, like, how do you keep the athletes engaged in the middle of that? 
What do you, what do you so, do? So this, this goes back to what Pat brought up earlier, which is if, if they feel the need to go faster, then we're, then we did, then we had the, we had an incorrect starting point. Because I, I tell people, like, if you, if you've done this correctly, you will not want to go in 60 seconds or two minutes. You're going to be like, fuck, I'm going to need a minute here to get my life together. And then I'm going to attempt this yet again. And so if they're, what I would argue is if that is the case that people are wanting to move faster, they're not at the right working weight. If the goal is to go heavy that day. Now, if, if the goal is to just get some weight on the bar and move, kind of move at whatever pace you want. Yeah. But if, you if in fact, the goal is like, yeah, if in fact, the goal is like, yo, today is eyes pop out of your head day, you, you're not going to want two minutes. Ideally. Like if you've Ideally. gone the right set. Yeah. If but you've in gone that- the right set in that time like that's my honestly people are the most open to talking and chatting and building community like than any other time they they are no-brainer days to me to pair people up have them lift on the same squat rack help each other out spot each other like strength days to me are community building days they they, and like and their relationship building days where you just get to get in there and and dig in to times that you can't on days where there's a bunch of shit going on. So like people who don't do this or who have so much shit going on in a day, they never can connect or get their members to come together. I'm like, you're missing a huge golden opportunity. And those like those four minute sets, those rests, they're real connection time. Like, like you're not, it's, it's hard to be more vulnerable than like, I just did the heaviest lift ever. I'm so fatigued. And you're coming over and asking me about that. And then like, how's everything else? You know, like it's, it's awesome. That's that. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things that I think is, is lost inside of the boxes that are doing the strengthless mech. And I'm like, you're forfeiting. You're like, it's, it's hard for you to be like, we have the best community and the best coaches. I'm like, if you've never actually have opportunity for community interaction inside of your class, because it's just a, uh, a fucking Congo line from event to event to event and nobody ever actually inter- interacts. And I'm like, man, I, I struggle to to believe that you have a great community, but like, I love heavy days inside the box. I'm like, pull up a box, pull up a med ball because yeah. you're going to be sitting down as we work. You're like, you're not going to want to do that. You sort of fucking bring your coffee. I don't care, but like, we're going to lift heavy today. So, so settle fun. in. Dude, yeah, it's, the it's best. so fun. And then, and then when you like, I think it's the best way to pull in people too, who are kind of like not antisocial, but they don't like fit in with a click. You can be like, Hey Jim, you're partnering up with Phil today. And right. Oh, like, well, I've got friends today. You know, like <laughs> it, it, but you, but, and, and like that, that should be a conscious decision. Like, you know, there's these people who right. don't, you don't have the same level of social capabilities that everyone else does. And you can, you can help make them not make them friends, but like, you essentially you're giving them a person to talk to and that's rad like that's what you should that's that's part of our roles it's like it's unwritten in our rules but that's that's what builds these communities is being able to do so and i think this is a great day to do so well this is also something people ask all the time so when we create essentially like coach eval checklists one of them is one of the one of the boxes in there is like is there like any sort of like social interaction and people are always like what are you talking about social interaction people automatically think like games and i'm like if you want to throw a game every once in a while great i don't i'm not a big fan of games but (laughs) (laughs) well within within reason within reason i like certain games i don't like stupid games i like i like 
games like, that I, are I, like you can't just throw those two words out and then tell me yeah. you, like give me give me a stupid game what's a stupid game to you mr fernandez the the, the pizza game okay. with the ad mat is the is a stupid game a stupid oh game. man you suck at that game don't you Oh, I'm I'm a champion. No, no, I'm a champion in that game. I I fucking pick I pick on people. I cheat in that game, but I'm like, but it's dumb. It serves no purpose. Um, Oh, it's amazing. How how about versus? You ever do the 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 freeze tag between the legs? No. So it's it's everyone has to like they they they. Oh no, you do like a an arch. So if you get tagged, you have to go into like a a, a hole, like a with... junkyard dog. Yeah, dog and then and then yeah, to get unfrozen, okay. someone has to slide under you and and then jump over you. And so like, a, you adults just go ape shit for it, man. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the problem, right? It's just like injuries happen. I'm like, God damn. Oh shush. I like I like the simple games, which is you know like the uh, like solitary. Stuff. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we're gonna knit. Uh, we're gonna yeah. crochet. Have you played? Um, um, have you played like volleyball, tennis, but like with a, a, a smaller, like a tennis ball and some ab mats? No. Yeah, so it's like the concept of volleyball where you get three hits, but you have to yeah. hit this tennis ball back and forth over a stack of boxes, which is your net <laughs> with, with ab mats. Oh, that's awesome! We used to play. I could dodgeball. be down for that. We used to Ball play dodgeball. sports. I'm okay with. We we played dodgeball all the time at, yeah. at my morning classes, and, and like the my six a.m. was into it, like. And what we did is you had to play opposite arm. So, like, if you're a good thrower, you had to throw with your left hand. So, it was it was so funny to watch people running up and just, Gah! and no joke, we're, we're playing with Neil Maddox. He comes into one of the classes and just starts bombing balls at people. And I was like, what are you doing, Neil? He's like, you said play with your left hand. I'm left-handed. I'm like, Neil, Neil. You oh, missed the point. No. Like, it was so funny. Anyway, keep going. Um. I completely forgot what we were talking about. You were talking Cody about the, you were talking about uh, in a like a, is there a time community time uh, and, and oh okay. yeah it's just it's 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 one of the things that people miss out on inside of inside of the gym right and you can like you said you can pair up new people with more experienced people so that you can help move them along in their kind of the, that familiarization stage um, you know you get the opportunity to celebrate other people when you do it that way when just like there's lots of prs and every there's time to like watch people lift um time to coach a little bit more time to have longer conversations with people about coaching um it's just fun man and i think and i I, when done correctly i think it's just a huge relief to the coach like oh dude all i gotta do is coach a heavy day today i'm like this is great i have like Mm -hmm. all the time in the world to really get things dialed in to dig in like quite a bit yeah so um on, on heavy days, like, you know, and most of the time, you know, we tell people be more directive, right? Like people want to be told what to do, where to go. Like, I don't want to have to think when I'm in the gym, but like, there's a, there's a couple different ways to do heavy days, right? Like you could do on, you can, you can set the time frame for people like, Hey, we're going to go every five minutes for five sets. Or do we just say 25 minutes on you go? Like what's, what's the best way to do that? Is that Dan's question? He just... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a summation yeah. of Dan's question, which is with that twenty-five minutes, do you control the time sets? Example, every two minutes on the minute, et cetera, or is it go when you're ready? And I'll give my answer to this, which is like it's kind of in the middle, right? If it's an EMOM, that's pretty simple. But I want my I want the athletes to take ownership of their training session. Now that doesn't mean I'm just like go forth and make it up. Like I you need to be giving guidance, which is like guys. We have 25 minutes to go before I hit that 
three, two, one, go and start that clock. We should all be at our heavy sets, which means like you guys should be moving about every three to four minutes in order to get these six sets in. And then as we work through, I won't necessarily do an EMOM because like some people are going to move a little bit faster, a little bit slower based on where they're at. I'll give those reminders, meaning like at, at 12 minutes, I'll be like, you should be halfway right now. If you're not, we need to speed up. If you've already reached your last set, you've fucked up, keep going, right? Like you're actually not done. Just keep going. So I don't yeah. think it needs to be a hard set rule. It just needs to be guiding them, right? So I think there's a difference between like spoon feeding and guiding. And as a coach, sometimes you need to, you need to walk that tightrope of like, I don't necessarily need to control every aspect of this class because there's arguments for every two minutes on the, on the minute is not appropriate for lifting heavy because you wouldn't, the, the percentages might not line up for that. And we're not doing West side barbell. Like it's just like, that's a certain type, uh, type of training. So I, either way, whether you do that EMOM or it, it should be directive in nature, you should be constantly giving updates with the, t- with the crew on like, Hey, you should be here. Yeah. If you're not, let's chat. That's, so that's the way I approach it. Yeah. I think it's fair. I think the newer you are, the more structure makes it easier. You just say, Hey, every four minutes, we're going to do a lift guys, get into your group to three first person lifts. So then, and then you can kind of feel that out. So like, if you're not used to managing big groups of people and you don't know right. the athletes and how they warm up, like that structure allows for freedom of freedom for you to be like, okay, now we're left. And then now we're left. Like, and then as you get more experienced, like you are, Jason, like you can, you can be like, all right, we got 25 minutes, guys. I want to see at least five sets. Like we're working to this, build to a heavy, blah, blah, blah. And then there's also days where it's not, it's, it's build to a heavy, you know, it's not, there's not a set right. number of sets. So like, right. I, I think, but I think structure gives a bit of freedom for newer coaches. Uh, and then that way you can have them lift. But th- there's also something to be said for just like trying to figure it out through there. Just know you're going to make some mistakes. Well- <laughs> well, so so that's where I was going to go with that. There's also this also, I think, kind of depends on what are your strengths and your weaknesses, meaning. So let's just take two of the six criteria. If if group management is your weakness, what what I what I would venture to guess is in an EMOM setting, you would be more focused on the clock and less focused on coaching, at which point you would miss a lot of opportunities to coach. Versus if you like the technical aspect and you're running on a two minute clock, I've seen it happen I don't know, a million times. Like they lose track of the clock and therefore like somebody's like, should we lift now? And it's like the two thirty mark instead of the two minute mark. So I think it's just understanding like, can I manage both of these at the same time effectively? And if you can't, then you, then you need to approach the class, you know, with the appropriate plan in that because i've seen many coaches just like can't manage cannot manage both at the same time they cannot be truly engaged with an athlete they don't have that like internal clock and i'm like dude either like pick one like have somebody else help you with the clock and coach these athletes or watch the clock and we'll figure out some other way to do this but like if you can't manage both then we shouldn't set ourselves up for failure until you can kind of develop that experience with oh like this is about 90 seconds 30 seconds good so i can i can do a little bit of bouncing back and forth but like you said, Pat, like those are reps, but it starts with like re- recognizing like how much can I manage in the context of, of one group and one class. Um, and the clock can be, the clock can be a real problem for people if they're like so, so focused on the clock. You, you said pick one, but I'm just going to go ahead and clarify. <laughs> Don't pick focusing on the clock. Pick no, focusing correct, on the people right. and delineate right. like, you're like, pick one, you know, just, you could just stare at the clock and. Let the people yeah. just fuck around in class for the entire and time. go. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't pick that one. 
you know where I find myself having that even happen to me is Tabata days where I don't have like a good Tabata. I'm like, son of a time, three, two, <laughs> right. God, son of a gun. Again, I didn't see right. anyone. We'll keep going. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, if you're going to pick one, don't, don't pick one. Just pick, pick the, the focus Coach. on people and tell one of your teachers in class to say, Hey, can you just remind me when it's the change time? Yeah. Somebody collectively as a group, when everybody sees the clock coming up, everybody just yell, yell something, yeah. anything, yeah. yell a word. Um, um, what other questions do we have in there, Cody? What about, uh, what about um, heavy days for gymnastics movements, right? Like we don't just see pure heavy days for like weighted pull-ups or weighted mm-hmm. dips or something like that, like very often, you or even you know, like, like, like weighted muscle-ups. I think we have um, one this week. <laughs> this week? I think we do on <laughs> on Wuo affiliate. We have one either this week or next week. We have a heavy weighted pull up. Yeah, I mean, and, like usually you see that as part of like a strength plus metcon, right? Like it's like, oh, we're gonna do this first, and then we're gonna follow it up with some some breathe hard stuff. And but, why do you think so? You yeah, know, like, I, I, I think. What do you think, Cody? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think most coaches just don't know how to fill the time there, right? Like, what, like what, what am I gonna do when someone burns out on a, a weighted pull up? Yeah. Like they're, they're done in six minutes what, what yeah. do i do now yeah and i think i think there is a reality there there's like localized muscle fatigue for these much smaller uh, muscle groups compared to like a back squat or front squat or like systemically you're not loaded quite the same way so you can fail and then you're like okay now what and and you didn't get as maybe as much from that day as possible so on those days we do a lot of prepping with like what are the different types of scales that could get someone there so if it's a way to pull up day what do what do negatives look like for your people what are what kind of ring rows can they do like what like and we really build in these other skill work components but i think there is a reality to the fact that one of those days could likely handle another component to it just because it's 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 not like we're doing max elsits today all right go home it's like well like he held for four seconds, you know, he did a, he did a four second hold and came down. So there's just a reality to, to that, that stimulus isn't going to give, it's, it's not going to be as beneficial to the overall, like it's good for them if they just focus on that, but, but it's different than just focusing on a back squat and it's different than just focusing on a thing. You can do it coupled with a few other things. Like it, it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. I, this is where I have, I become a little bit more cognizant of like there there's there's the the in a vacuum program like this is good for fitness and like this is what they should do and then again there's the reality which is like nobody's fucking showing up for that so I don't care how exciting my class is like they're not excited about that training session right like meaning I will not have normal attendance if I do that like I don't care how fun your classes are like you will just see a drop off in attendance when you do those days and this is where I'm like okay we have to acknowledge that at some point good programming would be at odds with member attendance. So I have to figure out like, how do I mesh those two together? And what you said, Pat, there's like, how do I take those things that I know we need to do? And I sprinkle them in, in a fashion that won't affect attendance. I still, I got to do both, right? It's the technique and intensity. It's like, I need to get that in there. And I also need people to show up. So I have to figure out like, what's the creative ways of doing that. Um, and you can, you can get real creative with that stuff, but those, those are the ones where I'm like, you kind of sneak them in either before or after, like in a, like in a, a smaller time frame, and you can get them in and the people that really want to dig in can dig in there. And the people that just kind of want to dabble can dabble and you kind of like inch them along the way. 
but I think that, that just has to be acknowledged. Like I just, I find it to be not beneficial for the clientele or the business to program days like that. Like well, and, and it has nothing to do with they're not good. It's beneficial they're not for the good. clientele if they show up. So here's what right. I here's where here's what I would challenge that, Jay, is like, yes, I agree with you. They need to show up. And I think if you're struggling with attendance and if you're struggling with membership and if 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 you're struggling with having people fully bought into what you're doing at all, then I, I absolutely think that you need to take that into consideration. But I, I I would argue that if you perceive your gym as a place that people couldn't leave because it's so good, like, like not because they could move, not because of the things, but like, there's no other gym they would go to other than I can't afford it. Like they, they would, they would look right. at the other gym in the area. They'd be like, this is my home. I would never leave here. Then I think you owe it to them to program days that challenge them mentally to show up. And then you have a continued conversation around why didn't you show up? It looked boring. You should do this boring thing because I know it's good for you and you trust me. And I think there is, I think that's a, like, that's a unicorn style gym I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm, but what I would say is like in an ideal world, in a vacuum, I think that would be a, a, it would be, that would be the, the argument I would have against that. And I, I honestly would say that about some of, I agree. Previously had. I agree with your, I agree with your argument. The issue is it's in a vacuum and no matter how you try to peel that there's a, there becomes a practical um, problem that I'm not entirely sure is solvable because like, let's just say I could do that. I could probably make that happen if, if the, if the clientele number was small enough, right. if you move into 150 to 200 people or more, there's no way that I'm going to be able to like, because you're, you're talking about like a huge sum of people all at varying degrees in their fitness journey. And it's just like, okay, I have to deal with the reality on the ground, which is like, I can get them there, but it's going to take me a longer period of time to make that happen where I'm, where they're going to be bought in. And I have to, I have to act that way. And the reality is just like, even if that one person that started two years ago is now there, I now have a new person that's not there. And my goal as a gym owner is like, they need to come in and train. And I think you just have to get creative with the programming. I think you have to be able to serve multiple populations simultaneously inside of a class, both with your coaching skill and the ability to scale a Miku or that, and potentially, and this is kind of a conversation you and I were having offline um, a couple of weeks ago, Pat, is like being a little bit more uh, uh, creative with like how you write the programming to essentially accommodate multiple um, variations of a workout inside of one hour. Uh, sure. in order to meet people where they're at. So I, I, this is one I struggle with a lot because like, I agree with you. And then I also disagree because of what I see on the floor, not just in my gym, but like at yeah. all the gyms that we work with, you're and probably just like, I can't, I, I can't ignore that as a coach and gym owner is what I'm thinking. That's very, that's very um, true. Because, very true. because I was talking about on a scale of like 400 members, you know, and we're sitting in there with 400 oh, okay, members never mind. <laughs> and I'm saying, and I'm saying, maybe maybe they don't show up but is it my responsibility to be like yeah i want you to show up but i also want you to grow up you know like i want you to i want you to to devalue this whole thing and yes i know what you're saying and i i i i I play this because it was it was so fun for me to like i i am not conflict averse i am the opposite of conflict averse i am prone that's why we get along Yes, it is like because I don't think there's negative outcomes after this. As long as at the end, like we can have different opinions and we go back and forth. But I, I love it when members come and they're like, "Dude, 
that was stupid. Why'd you do that? And I go, yeah, let's have a conversation. I'll tell you exactly why I did that, you know? <laughs> but you're right. I think in reality, 99% of the time, it's 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 important for, for uh, the most important thing we can do is have those members walk through that door. So if we can trick them into doing it, I think it might be more beneficial to the, the majority. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was just posing the opposite side. No, I no, and it's but that's where the value of the conversation comes in because I I do agree with that side of the argument. Like I'm like, oh yes. However, <laughs> there's this other thing over here which is the actual gym, and like it, it's it just it just it tend it tends to be a much stickier, nuanced topic than we would like it to be. I'm like yes, sure. we need to do that, and I'm like, okay, like how like how am I going to go about doing this over time? For sure. Um, for sure cool um anything else you want to throw in there cody from a question standpoint uh do we have any other ones in the chat or you want to start posting post any of the other ones uh i think i don't know one start over here um thoughts on lifting heavy after metcon thoughts on it uh it's harder i think i think it's just knowing what it is like uh knowing Ideally, if you're doing that in a class, something in the Metcon had the similar lift that you uh, are doing uh, afterwards. It wouldn't be like, oh, we're doing this Metcon, and then afterwards there's uh, a lift that doesn't have any of the things that were in the Metcon. Because then just timing-wise, you have to teach so much. So it, it kind of makes it does a disservice to the coach and, then, and, and the members because they don't get as much from it. Um, but I think there's – I think there's – it's it's – it's just harder. I mean, like yeah, you're tired. So then lifts are harder, but it's fun. I mean, like we do it all, like human beings can do it and I, I enjoy it. And yeah. You're nice. And I think there's also some, <laughs> I think there's some interesting stuff there. Like we've programmed um, a couple different workouts. One is a, a mile run into uh, a one rep max back squat. The other one is a two K row into a max uh, front squat. And dude people pr on those days like there's something to there's something to be said for like slow twitch muscle fiber into a heavy lift uh, or slow twitch uh muscle movement into a heavy lift not all the time but there's something to be said for that i also think it's totally fine but the question becomes like what's the priority yeah the priority would probably be the the first training session and i think that just needs to be communicated and needs to be programmed appropriately which is like, okay, we are going to lift after this, but like, guys, these are not intended to be heavy. Like consider these more like drop sets. We're going to get some lifting in, but I'm not trying to crush you because you're probably going to move uh, less optimally based on coming off of this Metcon. And we should all just acknowledge that. Yeah. And I mean, setting that standard for the day, I think is important on the, and it's on the coach's shoulders, but I think it's also interesting what you just said. Like when you're saying earlier ways we can have multiple versions of the same workout within a class, that's essentially, if you do that, you can actually talk to different people and say, Hey, I want you to treat the second half more seriously. And then talk to this and say, I want you to treat the Metcon more seriously. Like today for you, it's about the Metcon. And Hey, today for you, it's about the strength. Like, right. and then that, but that's coaching. And like, that's the beauty of it. That's why, that's why the hard, fast rules around programming are like, dude, you're, you're tripping balls. Like you, you gotta, <laughs> it's, it's it, like, you can write, it, it looks like one way on paper, but who, whatever they come in with, you gotta be like, what does this person need? Ah, yeah. You know what you're doing today? You're doing this. Um, and it's right. the same general thing, but their focus is different. And focus means everything. I dig it. Cool. Um, I think we covered most of the stuff in the chat as well as some of the stuff that Cody had brought up. So yeah, we got, we got at the end of the day. I need to get my jeans on and go play some volleyball. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please videotape that and give that dude like a cool high mm-hmm. five. Um, My brother. But yeah, but the um, but yeah, I think heavy days. It's worth just. It's worth exploring inside of the gym. Like, how are you executing those? Could you execute them better? Because um, at the end of the day, nobody uh, is upset about being strong. So I'll just leave it with this. It's simple in, in, in essence, like people need to go heavy and how they do that. There's many different ways to do it. And it's really, it, you can get as detailed as you want, but uh, you have to have people doing heavy days at some point in some way, because it's, it's an essential to our program. And the more complex you make it, the more nuanced you have to be as a programmer. So if you want to add a bunch of shit to days, you better be extremely focused with how you're doing that and why you're doing that. So I think if you're less subtle, have less things. If you're more subtle and you know the intricacies of programming, you can layer and add and do a day and blah, blah, blah. Like, but if you're not, don't just go at it with a hammer. Like, Be more, less is more for you if that's the case. I dig it. Cody, take us out.